Hello and welcome to the 13th of Friday for our third installment of journeying through these horror movies featuring, as always, Grayson Turner. Hey, glad to be here. And this time we have a very special guest with Michaela Barber. Hi, glad to be back. <laughs> so, Michaela, do you want to introduce yourself briefly? I feel like um, that's a podcast too. I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm just Michaela. I'm just a friend of Tyler and Grayson's. Like and that. we had stir fry for dinner, and they held me hostage to watch this movie. So, Michaela's seen over thirty horror movies. She's very well versed. Um, she's actually a part-time historian at the local library for horror movies, so she has a lot of experience yeah. in this. So, if her comments oh, yeah. on this movie aren't incredibly insightful, please post hateful comments. Um... <laughs> please do. Yes, yes. I need to take my down myself down a peg. So to begin, like we always do, we'll just summarize the movie briefly. I honestly unorganized on the it whole. It was very all over the place. Um, yeah. You're inter- you're kind of just thrown into it with a, an immediate dream sequence, uh, with a, a which is pretty funny. Amnesiac. Yes. Named John Doe. With a John woman Doe. on an airplane who tells him not to be a pussy. <laughs> she does tell him that because he's scared of <laughs> he's scared of flying. Yeah, I I literally don't even know where to start here. I guess there's this yeah John Doe. He doesn't remember anything. But he has a thing in his pocket that mentions the town of Springwood, Ohio, which, as we learned, is apparently Let's go Ohio. Put us where on the map. Elm Street is. Fun fact: we've now learned. Um, he's sent to like a what would you call this place? Like a rehab? It's like a yeah, it was kind of like a, a rehab shelter. shelter for teens and yeah, probably troubled yeah. teens is the word that you know. But also people like use. There was one kid there named Spencer whose dad put him there so it's yeah. i don't really know how that like, works if it's a shelter like you can't just like bring your kid to like a homeless I assume, shelter i assume that even tracy had a mom maybe and just the dad you know there's some you know as yeah. we'll get into some background there so yeah. the movie called it a shelter but i agree i don't think you could really summarize it as a shelter but they kept calling it a shelter so probably because they didn't know what to call it either honestly <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah they just like... came up with it and were like i don't know what the hell this is uh so yeah there's a psychologist there named Maggie um, and then an older doctor who's also somewhat relevant. He's like a dream doctor too. He's like really into dreams. That is, he is a dream doctor. And Maggie is talking to John like trying to figure out his problem because he's like I I know I can't sleep and that's it. Um, And she thinks there's Mm -hmm. maybe some connection between her dreams and his dreams. Him. Yeah. Yeah. And so they go to Springwood to try and figure it out and three of these other kids from the rehab center. When I say kids, they're eight I teenagers? mean <laughs> Yes. I mean they're if they were if they were eighteen they probably wouldn't be there. So I yeah. think it's implied they're like seventeen. You know, they're very close on the border, but they're all played by actors that are much older than <laughs> seventeen. Yeah, like yeah. none of them look like teenagers. No, they're yeah. all they're all adults at this point. So yeah, there ends up being five of them in Springwood and they're they're split up briefly, but I'd say for the most part they stick together once they start getting killed off. It's really just, there's Carlos, Spencer, Tracy, John, and... John Doe, and Maggie. Maggie. Yeah. And they go to Springwood to try and figure out what's connecting them, um, and ultimately find out that Maggie is Freddy Krueger's son from before he became... Daughter, but yeah. Or, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) She is his son, yes. Uh, No, yeah, she... (laughs) John, though, John thinks that it's him at first. Yes. Before he dies and freddie's like no it's not you yes spoiler 
John dies. Uh, I mean, this is yeah, this is, <laughs> this is just a spoiler podcast. There's this movie's no... been out for twenty-one or thirty-one years. <laughs> yeah. if, if someone's getting spoiled by this, they they should have watched it before. Exactly. Well, to be fair, we hadn't watched this until thirty-one years after the fact. True. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, she she eventually learns that she's Freddy Krueger's daughter, and mm-hmm. by this point, almost all of the the teenagers have been killed, save for uh, what's her name, Tracy. Tracy. And the two of them have yeah. to sort of work to stop Freddy, uh, which involves just grabbing him in a dream and then waking <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, it was a kind of fascinating. She just grabs him, and he, despite being in his dream realm with all his powers, just struggles in the worst way possible. He starts to stretch himself out of it. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah. Also, this movie passed the Bechdel test, I'm pretty sure. I, I'm I'm happy to say. There were, you're right. There were definitely two women that talked about more than just... Things. Not dying. <laughs> yeah. No, you're, you're hundred percent. And was directed and written by Rachel Talele, who's worked on Doctor Who. So, props. Um, of course, there's your Doctor Who fact for the podcast. Yeah, my Doctor Sorry, Who fact no, no for more. the day. Yeah, that, that's the one. I only get one. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess it's really hard to summarize it. I think we'll kind of just get into it as we're talking about the movie as a whole. Yeah. But what did you guys think of it on the whole? Um, I mean, Grayson, compared to the last couple, and Michaela, I know you said you'd seen all of these at various points long ago, yeah. but just in general, like, as a movie, as a horror movie. I thought it was, I, I thought it was, okay. I would you know, never watch this movie again. Wow, really? Wow, that was okay. a yeah, really harsh really criticism. Was it I like, would watch it again, to be honest. Michaela, was it, like, active dislike, or just, like, it didn't really do I it for you? Yeah, just didn't didn't do it for me. Didn't do it for me. I don't know. It was just like the bad acting and kind of like the script was kind of had weird pacing at certain points. I don't know. It just I feel like it was just kind of thrown together and not like I don't know. I feel like they just wanted to make more money and didn't care about the story. Well, Michaela's a hack and she's wrong. Uh, that movie's pretty good. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was decent. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like it was as good as the first two. Because really, number six is still one of my. It probably cracks my top ten of movies all the time. No, I number really five. That this movie. is number six. Remember, we Son fucked this up. B- number five. I really enjoyed. Number six. Thank you, Tyler, for this. Number six. It, it was okay. You know, I'm not. I'm not gonna pretend like it was amazing. But there were so many comedic lines, and I love a movie where you can laugh and kind of poke fun at it. Okay. Now, okay. But the one-liners were really good. There were some great yeah, well, one-liners. I would maybe like YouTube a scene to laugh with a friend, but I would never sit down and watch this entire movie. Again. Hey, the map, the map says we're fucked is an all timer. Like, that I oh love my that. god, that was but, great. I, I, but I'm scared of heights. Don't be a pussy. <laughs> and then immediately gets ripped out of the plane. That one was good. I think again. I, I think I even wrote this down. I really think there were some amazing lines that just made me laugh and that were honestly <laughs> kind of funny. And then there were some just awful lines. Yeah. And stuff that like. It was said weird. It was written poorly. The they, cadence they, of like their delivery. The cadence. Like, <laughs> it's like they're all in Shakespeare, you know? Like they're all like over the top and like weirdly performing in a way that feels yeah, intentional, yeah. but definitely is not. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of like where they just recorded the lines but didn't know the vibe of the scene. So it doesn't exactly match. Up. Like it got like dubbed over, <laughs> you know? Like it had a dub. <laughs> yeah. All the actors were actually like Portuguese, and so <laughs> they had to dub it in English. Yeah, exactly. Knowing number five didn't matter at all. No, yeah, this was totally 
and knowing number seven, also this didn't matter at all. So, <laughs> yeah, I'd say for me this one I actually would maybe put between the other two. I think I liked it more than five. Wow. Less than seven. I think the story was worse than both, just in that it was not necessarily harder to follow, but just felt kind of like cluttered and clunky. Whereas like the other two, yeah. I feel like were pretty simple at least in their execution. But I think the direction and like the set design and like stuff like that went up a lot. That made it like visually a more interesting movie to watch. You know, like it didn't feel like I was watching like daytime TV. Like I feel like five really. At five and seven both actually really looked like kind of soap opera quality sets and stuff, which you know, it's not a huge deal. It's a cheesy old horror movie, but it still made it a little more interesting just to, to look at. I laughed harder at this one than I did at either of the other two. Like number five is definitely my favorite. I really enjoyed the kills. The act- I mean I honestly think it it was definitely my favorite, but I really, even though I think I ranked this one below the other two, I there were just so many great, funny lines. If there weren't those lines, honestly, it, like if you cut out like three or four lines, this movie goes way down for me in terms of quality. Yeah, I think this one definitely had the most like laugh moments of all of them. <laughs> um, I just think this one was a little bit all over the place in tone. I think we talked about this briefly before, where yeah. like there, there's Don't a part be. where Tracy, you're, oh, it's kind of going into her backstory where it implies that she was like abused by her dad and then Freddy just shows up and says some cheesy one-liners and it's just like it really couldn't it didn't seem like the movie could decide where it wanted to be at in terms of that because it really it took what was you know maybe an interesting character development and just kind of tried to make it a bit and I don't know if that necessarily worked for me honestly the thing that might sum that up the best is the fact that the movie started with like a quote on screen from Nietzsche about like dreams and nightmares and then immediately was followed by a quote by Freddy Krueger that just said, like, you're next, bitch. Like, I feel like that kind of sums yeah. up the weird, disparate kind of tone. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the one thing I guess I would change the most would just be to, like, clean up the story a bit. Just, like, make it flow better. And yeah. Well, that's like John Doe knew nothing other than he couldn't <laughs> fall asleep or something bad would happen. And then all of a sudden he's like talking about Freddy, like he knows every little thing about Freddy and like talking about how Freddy has a son, even though it was barely implied. Like, I feel like they did a lot of telling and not showing. I feel like honestly, if they just took John Doe out of this movie, it It would work better. It would have been exactly the same. Like, I I think it would make it just like an easy, like a easier to follow if it was just she yeah, goes like to Maggie the town. having a weird thing because yeah. she's having weird dreams. Yeah, she right? needs yeah, to figure it out. Right. The kids come with her because they, they sneak in. Like that stuff can all be the same and just build up the like, yeah. suspense a bit more rather than have this other dude who's like, I'm Freddy's kid, like right away. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know yeah. anything about myself. Two seconds later, I'm Freddy's son. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he doesn't work great as a plot line when he just remembers everything out of nowhere and it's not explained. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was kind of some shit writing. Like, I was going to say, it wasn't even like there was an epiphany moment. It was literally just like one second. He's like, I have no idea who I am or what's going on. And then he's Freddie killed everybody in this town and I'm the last one. And uh, he's trying to send me a message. I'm his son. It's, you know, with how very 1991 
a lot of this movie was. I'm kind of <laughs> surprised there wasn't like some sort of Jerry Springer show like dream sequence because I feel like that would have fit really well with Freddy be- doing like a who's your daddy kind of thing, you know? <laughs> that was, Roseanne was there here was, though. Roseanne. There was a lot of daddy. Oh yeah, they said like movie. There were so many. I would be willing to bet that this is the most times I've ever heard the word daddy in a movie. I agree, I agree. And it it wasn't even just about Freddy. Like, other characters were talking about their parents and referring to them And saying daddy. daddy. Yeah, Yeah. like, Freddy was calling himself daddy and talking about other people's daddies. Like, (laughs) the word daddy was said a lot. There was no dad or father. It was all daddy. It was, yeah. This is a daddy-heavy movie. For sure. (laughs) Not in a good way. (laughs) Not... (laughs) Yeah, as opposed to some other movies. Um, yeah, I, it was good. Like, it, I thought it was a fun watch. I think all these movies you just kind of have to view as, like, they're just bad. <laughs> but, but, like, finding enjoyment in something that's yeah, yeah. not very good. So, next up, this one's a little weird here. This is a little fucked. Um, yeah. <laughs> is when we discuss what we think is going to have already happened in the films prior. Um, And obviously, the fact that we messed up and watched the film prior to this one means this is sort of irrelevant, but I feel like we can still pull something here. So specifically, Grayson, knowing that Nightmare on Elm Street 4, which is the one that we're going to watch next, is titled... Dream Master. That gives you no information, but I want you to. No, it doesn't help at all. Give me, give me a, at least a vague like, three sentence summary of, of what you think is going to happen in Dream Master. All right. Well, I'm going to assume that like a lot of older horror movies, you know, the first one did quite well. The second one was slightly worse. The third one was ass. So I'm going to assume that the fourth one is also a cash grab. Similar to what this one kind of felt like. Which, again, I think the fifth one, they really played to the campiness. So I'm hoping in the fourth, they do as well. But I'm going to assume that they don't as much. Maybe the fourth one tries to be more serious. It fails, and they're like, all right, for the fifth one, we're really just going to lean into it. Because that's clearly what works. And it is what works. So I think we're going to get a semi-serious movie that still has some dumb Freddy moments, but it won't be as good. And frankly, I, I know I'm not going to enjoy it as much as I have I think, these first three. <laughs> will, will the movie look visually better or worse than... Five. Oh man, I, I really again. I, I think because five looked so bad, and it, like it's weird. Cause it had some amazing effects, but overall, just the sets looked bad. And six had a lot of great sets, and the effects were okay. I mean, there were there were some effects that were pretty cool as well. I'm gonna assume that four maybe is kind of in between those. So it's, it's gonna have some okay sets, maybe not some great effects. I think it'll be kind of in the middle. Okay, I'm gonna hold you to all that. Um, when we watch oh, no. four, and we actually <laughs> love it when it turns out to be like a piece of cinema um i'm gonna make fun of you for that moment but you hold me to that i I honestly think you're right though i think just like following the trend of how i assume like you said yeah the first one's probably like really good the second one's probably like pretty good the third one is probably going to be the worst one if i had to put my money on it but four will probably also be quite bad um yeah and also four for some reason not on hbo max so I don't know what's up with that, but 
HBO Max, get that movie on there, because <laughs> I'd rather not have to spend some money on it, but... Yes, this is, this is a probably public plea, <laughs> public plea hey, to if, any, if any executives <laughs> at HBO Max. <laughs> if any listeners have a copy of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Dream Warrior, or whatever the hell I just said it was called. You can guest star on this podcast if you yeah. bring it to us so we can all watch yes. it together. Preferably send it to us in a format that we do not have. Um like a VHS tape or like a laser disc or something. <laughs> Please. But you you can fly in from wherever. I don't care if you're from California, Ohio, Peru, wherever. Come here, watch me with us, we'll have a good time. I'll buy you a drink. Provide Please us a provide us a Betamax of Dream Warrior. Please. Um, we're dead. You can marry Tyler if you bring us a Betamax. <laughs> That's true. And but not the player. Just the Betamax. We'll just stare at it and make a podcast based on the, the look of the tape. <laughs> <laughs> I really noticed that tape had very sharp edges. <laughs> we... Okay, well we've gotten we've gotten quite far off track. Yeah, trying way to off predict track. what's gonna happen in the fourth movie based on the name alone. I think it's gonna so... be on Betamax. Yeah, that's good. I'll do some. Re- Actually, I'll do some research before next episode to see what the strangest format you could have physically purchased that on at some point. Okay, we'll, we'll reconvene I'm gonna for the make, fourth I'm gonna make a note. episode. I'm, I'm literally going to make a note. I'm just going to say weird <laughs> format. We'll see how that that helps. All right, so now probably, I feel like I called this iconic last time, so I can't call it iconic again. But this is a a crucial part of this show. This is the 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 heart and soul of this podcast. Ranking the kills. Um, yes, my favorite part. Yeah, probably the most important part. So I feel like we should run through them like in order that they happen in the movie and just kind of describe them, and then sure. we can all give our rankings. So Jason, start with who is our first kill? Carlos. Start with Carlos. Yeah. Sorry. It's funny. It's weird that the first kill took a seemingly long time to get there. Honestly, um, poor Carlos. He really did not have a good time. He falls asleep, as everybody does when they die in this damn movie and um he's he wakes up in this weird sort of apartment building where it's implied that he maybe lived and he runs to his mother obviously a dream version of his mother who he is afraid of making him deaf which maybe implies he is deaf I don't know if we ever mentioned this and he wears a hearing aid yeah. uh, kind of an important yeah, crucial point to aspect, his character I would say. his character is really kind of one dimensional that he's deaf yeah. uh, may or may not be Hispanic <laughs> yeah we're not entirely sure on that part so anyway, runs to his mother. He's like, please, don't make me deaf. His mother then sticks a Q-tip in his ear, revealed, revealed to be Freddy, pushes it all the way through, comes oh. out the other ear, and yeah. then rips it out. It was disgusting. It was maybe the most cringe-inducing part of any yeah, of these this, movies this so was, far. This was the part that I would say made my skin crawl like more than anything else in any of these, yeah. And then the rest of the scene is actually pretty cool, though. It's a scene where the sound is kind of muted when you're looking at his, his perspective. And Freddy is kind of just taunting him. He's right behind him, but of course he can't hear him. And he's kind of taunting him, and he's kind of you know chasing him around. And eventually, there's a point where he drops a pin, and Carlos has to dive well, and catch it. He puts it. the he yeah, he gives he him the gives hearing Carlos aid back. This guy skipped a little bit, yeah. Yeah, which like is fuses to his head with some weird like flesh spider yeah. claw thing, and seems to like amplify all the sounds. So, like Carlos is well amplifies specific sounds because some things don't seem yeah. effective. But... <laughs> Mm-hmm. He's like worried but about things making noise. But it's like water dripping at first, and that's that's when he realizes that it's amplified because he has to run like over, thunder, turn off the water. Yeah, 
Yeah. And then Grayson, like you were saying. It was a pretty cool scene. It was a pretty cool scene. And eventually he drops all these pins, and it's, you know, it's deafening. Freddy gets down there somehow, does the whole nails on a chalkboard, which is kind of inevitable, I think, when you're dealing with, like, some sort of weird hearing thing in any movie. They're always like, oh, the nails on the chalkboard. And that part was also pretty cringe-inducing. That was not a fun scene to watch either. Well, because he started, um, like, bleeding out of his eyes and his nose. Yeah, it was like, a lot. It was yeah. a lot. His head explodes, his at least, which is kind of interesting. Into Weirdly, though... Wait, Tyler called, like, very early on in his death scene. That was impressive, yeah. yeah Tyler well, called. The, the strange thing, though, is when his head exploded, if I recall right, it was kind of like greenish goo like flew out everywhere like it wasn't yeah for considering how like how do i put this like how visceral and like weirdly like grotesque the rest of the scene was with like the you know bleeding from his eyes and like the q-tip thing all the way through his ears like the fact that his head kind of just blew up into some like nickelodeon slime stuff yeah was kind of not anticlimactic but like a lot less like grotesque than I was that it had kind of been built up to be which I'm definitely not mm-hmm. like upset about because I don't know if I could <laughs> not like you want to see flying yeah. green water but <laughs> it's an interesting note yes and then after Carlos we had Spencer, Spencer. who is laying on a couch in an abandoned house getting Spencer high also yeah he's smoking weed yeah he's he's kind of no which he's accosted for throughout the entire movie yeah, by yeah. the other kids. I think by Tracy, too. By, by Maggie, rather. But he's kind of, he's sort of like, chill, he's, he's chilled out on the couch, and he sees, at first he sees Carlos. One, wait, TV. wait. Before Tracy leaves to go look for Carlos, because Carlos is missing at this point. Right. So Tracy leaves this abandoned house that they're in, and Spencer's on the couch, and he's like, look at what's on the TV. It pans over to the TV and it's literally just a busted screen with a hole in the middle of it. <laughs> she's totally. like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah, she's like, she, yeah, she literally tells him. She's like, what is she? She's like, you're baked or something like that. Like, Yeah, she she was so mean to Spencer. She, like, every turn it was well, like, you're really, worthless. I hate so. you. Spencer was building a pipe bomb <laughs> inside this rehab center, so I'm not sure. I still don't quite understand how they glossed. There were a few times where it's like, wow, that was just some really heavy weird topic that they're just gonna be like all right building a pipe bomb. yeah so spencer he he's watching the tv he sees carlos in it and was like dude you gotta like get out of there you gotta wake up and then freddie comes on screen and is like well it's actually no it's like a weird like anti-drug psa with johnny oh, depp yeah. doing like the frying the egg in the pan like that this is your brain on drugs and then freddie yeah. is like ho ho do more drugs kid like drugs rock <laughs> And there's this very weird psychedelic sequence with some sort of, like, you know, kind of out-there-sounding music, and he gets sucked into, like, the the TV and the kind of lava lamp animation, like, comes out of the TV. Mm -hmm. Quite visually striking. Um, And then, sort of surprisingly, it becomes a, like, NES-style video game section (laughs) where Freddy is playing a game as... Unclear if it's as Car- as uh, as Spencer or Spencer. as the enemies or both, and like making I think it was him... both. It kept changing. Yeah, he seemed to be doing both, but he's making him like, you know, jump like Mario and then like get hit by these, you know, little enemy. Like once his dad like beating him is like one of yeah. the enemies in the game, which is making Spencer's body in the real world also cartoonishly <laughs> bounce around with like very weird sound effects. Um, 
and eventually he literally just forces him to like jump down some stairs um and i thought he might just break his neck or something but he instead gets sucked into some portal to hell of some kind well they couldn't have his, him break his neck by going down some stairs when Earlier in the movie, John tumbled <laughs> on a hill for a whole minute. Oh my god! Like literally, a whole, probably straight up. It was very close to a whole. Minute. It was during the entire opening credits. Literally, every credit <laughs> went by on screen in the time it took John to finish falling down this hill. Imagine being excited, like, "Wow, you're gonna be shown in the opening credits of a movie? That's gonna be so cool! I wonder where you're gonna be." And then it's just some kid tumbling on a hill for Screaming. a whole minute, and it's just your name popping up in red. <laughs> <laughs> That's my name, right where he's breaking his ankle for the third time. <laughs> so that was Spencer. Michaela, do you want to handle John Doe's kind of strange saga of death? Yeah, his... Well, maybe. You guys can jump in and help. But his... So he fell asleep to go into Spencer's dream to try to get him out before he died, but which ultimately failed, but well, technically, he forced Tracy to knock him out with a two-by-four, but he ends up asleep, and then Spencer dies, and Maggie and Tracy are like, we need to get out of here. They drag his unconscious body to the van, and they're driving, and then it shows us John's dream, and it's kind of, it's similar to the beginning of the movie, where he, like, wakes up in his house, and he goes outside, and it's all nice and everything, and he stands on one of those <laughs> shitty welcome rugs and bare feet. In bare feet, which that's always a disgusting A nightmare feeling. in and of itself. Yeah. But he seemed happy about it, because it was a sunny day. And then something happens. He somehow, like, ends up back in the bed, because it's like a loop dream. And he's like, nothing can get me out of this bed. And immediately the entire room <laughs> catches on fire, and so he has to get out of the bed and jump out the window. And then he the the house is like in the air, so he's just free falling. And all of a sudden he has this little pull tab on his shirt that says like pull in case of emergency and his shirt rips off and into a parachute that Freddie is just like disco balling in at the top of this parachute as he's free falling. And when that happens, when he pulls the shoe, <laughs> his body in the real world gets ripped out of the top of the van. <laughs> Goes and flying then Freddy, out like, with like yeah, 40 G's, like, just like flew out of this van. I don't know how he didn't break his neck flying out of the top of this van. And then Freddie like talks to him about how he's not like Freddie didn't have a son, he had a daughter, and he is cutting the straps that are holding the parachute to Don. And then after he cuts them, he moves a nail bed <laughs> to be underneath of him. It's Wiley Coyote the style. Really. It was Wiley Coyote. Yeah, yeah. Freddy Krueger is Wiley Coyote. It is. Except better. More successful. That's true. Yeah. And so he falls onto those nails. And then in the real world, he's just like laying on the road with a bunch of red, like, like red holes Blood in marks. his body. Yeah. And he like whispers to Maggie, he was like, it was, he didn't have a son or something like that. Because Maggie doesn't know that she's freddie's daughter yet is there so. some irony about the fact that he gets killed with a bed of nails considering like the whole thing is that like a bed of nails is safe supposedly yeah like it like it like disperses it, like it the pressure or something it. yeah so is there some irony uh... that that's what kills him well the irony <laughs> is that he just he fell and it was funny <laughs> yeah <so>. yeah <laughs> the irony also is the that way his... that 
his clothing became his parachute, he was like, <laughs> his shirt was like gone immediately. It literally ripped off and became the parachute. It was so funny. Yeah. Well, that's like at the beginning of the movie when it's showing his dream sequence. It's a full on like Wizard, oh, of, Wizard Oz, of Oz. Yeah, literally, Freddy's on the like the broom, the broom, like the Wicked Witch. Yeah, wearing a witch costume. Yeah. In fact. But the way that Freddy moves the bed of nails like onto the road is really funny too, because he's kind of like leaning against it. I don't. It's hard to explain, but it's really funny. He's just nonchalant, laying in the middle of this road, and pushes this bed of nails into the middle of it. (laughs) And then our final kill would be Freddy, which I guess Mm -hmm. requires like a little plot setup. Uh, So Maggie figures out she's adopted, and that these dreams she's having are about like this memory of her being a little kid and basically finding out her dad's a murderer by like seeing some weird shit in his basement including his indoor garden um (laughs) and then also seeing freddy then kill her mom for like finding out what he was doing and we learned that so freddy was like a weird kid who was like killing hamsters and like torturing animals and stuff and like all the town hated him because he was kind of an outcast and then he starts yeah. murdering people. He kills his wife. He's killing a bunch of kids. And then the town and sort of mob justice like burns him burns alive. Burns his house down. Yeah. But he it gets like sense. intercepted by these dream spirit things that yeah. inhabit his body and give him sort of eternal life in a way. Powers. Um, yeah, dream powers. <laughs> and... at, the, at, the, at the beginning there's this doctor at the shelter that explains there's this poster with these three snake looking things and he explains <laughs> that they're like dream spirit and they give the like human with like the darkest soul or something the power to like go between the line of like dreams and reality so those are what give Freddy his power to manipulate others' dreams and stuff like that. Yeah, and the the doctor and Tracy and Maggie, like the doctor, is kind of helping to formulate this plan on like how to to kill him. Because first, Tracy has a dream where like her abusive father like tries to abuse her, and then Freddy shows up. And then the doctor has a dream, and he manages to like take a piece of Freddy's shirt when he wakes up. So he's like. Mm-hmm if we're holding on to him like his material like we can pull him out and then in the real world we might be able to hurt him and so maggie does do that she like she grabs him they wake her up she brings him out with her and they go down to like this contraband storage of like stuff that the kids had snuck in and there's like like a baseball bat with nails in it there's a crossbow. There are ninja stars. Like, just some... And the pipe bomb. The pipe bomb. Like, there's just insane shit down there. And they pretty much just try and... Maggie gets stuck in this room with them. The other two are sort of back. And she just kind of beats the shit out of them for a few minutes. Like, <laughs> Yeah. She goes to fucking town. There's a, there's a couple close shaves where, like, she, you know, she kind of waits. She hesitates. And, like, he's able to kind of get to her for a minute. But, yeah, she just... She hits him with the nail bat. She, like, spikes him to a wall with, like, all these knives and shit she throws at him. And then she uses his own glove. She's, like, taunting her about. And, like, or uses his own glove and, like, cuts open his stomach 
and then shoves the pipe bomb in him. And he explodes, and you see his head fly out towards the screen. His mouth opens, revealing his head again, like within his mouth. And then that explodes, and the three little, like, spirit snake things fly out of him and are just kind of, like, laughing, I think. Like, they're just like... Yeah, that was insane. They're having a good time. And then, of course, it kind of just ended right after that. Like, the three of them were just like, well, that's it. Freddy's dead. Yeah, there wasn't really any follow-up. Roll, I mean. roll credits. <laughs> like, we're over. Like, this is it. No more of these. And so then they were... proceeded to make another. Uh, yeah, and a remake, and yeah, the crossover. Yeah, they they were not done. Um, <laughs> but those were the four kills of the movie. So, Grayson, if you want to start, how would you sure. how would you rank these? Okay, so I'll start with my least favorite, which is probably John. I didn't think anything was awful about it, but it's just kind of bland. Like, the parachute of the shirt thing was kind of interesting, falling on the spikes, but his whole character was kind of mad, which doesn't really influence the kill that much, but it didn't also make me care about him dying. And I think it was just kind of, you know, dream sequence, fall from a height, land on a bed of spikes, like, okay. Now, my third favorite was Spencer. I, uh, I really liked the lead-up. The whole video game sequence, the whole being sucked into the TV, I thought that was really well done. But the actual kill itself, I think, was just a little meh. Like, it wasn't any really cool effect. He just kind of tumbled on the stairs into a portal to hell, I think it's assumed. <laughs> Which, again, it was okay. I just thought it was also kind of lackluster. Carlos's was my second favorite. I think it was quite gross, but I really loved the, sa- the way they kind of played with the sound and everything to kind of create the atmosphere, and I really liked the effect of his head exploding. I thought that was pretty cool. I think they did just a good job overall. My favorite kill is Freddy. I think I really loved those little weird spirit things. Those were crazy as hell. I love the fact that he just got this shit kicked out of him for a while with some ninja stars, a bat, a pipe bomb. I mean, what the hell? And the fact, honestly, when his mouth opens, when he when his head ex- when his body explodes and his head flies off, and his mouth opens and his, <laughs> another head comes out, I just about lost it. I could not believe it. The car I was shocked. Yeah. I mean, that... It, that was just uh, I just I just thought that was amazing and honestly I was just a really big fan of it. that was probably that was I was probably like top five kill from all the series for me at this point. Now Michaela, do you want to give your nice? But <laughs> mine's basically the same. Uh, John's was not very awesome. I really did like the build up to Spencer's also. I especially liked when it showed what his body was doing outside of the dream. Like he was just kind of bouncing around the house and punching the walls and it was you know really how, funny. You know how in Scooby Doo like the characters will have like that cartoon like run sound effect? Like it was doing yeah, that as he was just like springing through the house. It was amazing. It was really funny. Um, <laughs> but I I enjoyed that, but I agree that yeah, could have been more than just falling down some stairs and into a hole. Yeah, I think Carlos would be the third. Well, yeah. It was pretty cool. I also really liked the sound play. Like, when he loses his hearing altogether, it's like, I I literally thought there was something wrong with the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is the sound not loading or something? But that was really good. And then, yeah, Freddy exploding <laughs> with a pipe bomb to the chest. <laughs> Mine's actually a little different. So, yeah, John, definitely the worst, the least, like, interesting. Definitely, like, all, all of them. I would put Carlos at number three, but 
like I think it's probably like technically the best one, you know, just in terms of like setup and like what's being done. But God, did that gross me out? Like it was the one that was just like, ugh. Like I, I have to. I didn't find it as fun to watch, I guess, as the other ones, despite the fact that probably technically the best. I'd say Freddy was number two. It is just nice watching Freddy get the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> but I really don't think any death can beat throwing him in the oven like in Hansel and Gretel in seven and watching him just like burn. Um, and even though Spencer definitely probably had the worst like how he ultimately died, all the build up to it was just so fun with like the the trippy like drug part of it and then all the weird like Nintendo references with like Freddy just being like now we're playing with power as he's like <laughs> bashing into this stuff um, I just thought it was probably the most fun scene of all of them mm-hmm. so it probably be my favorite but I feel like they're all good choices except for John's which John, John's was just so bad if you watch this movie and choose John's you are just a bad person um <laughs> Spencer, I'm like actually really disappointed about Spencer's death because the whole sequence was so cool, and then they just kind of gave up and put him in a it, hole. You know, it even like, I feel I... like he's so far down because I'm like kind of salty about it. Like, <laughs> even how, if they just how like, could they do that? Kind of killed him like in the video game. <laughs> like if you just right, saw like, like a cartoony like oh his character's dead like crushed in-game. him into a little pancake. Yeah, versus just him mm. like. Falling, falling down the stairs and hole. yeah right it's definitely a bad not that i like want to see something gruesome but like no i want to see something gruesome. literally there was nothing there, yeah. <laughs> there wasn't a speck of blood listen in the last movie we watched we saw a man get like transformed into a motorcycle so like i feel like <laughs> yeah, that was sick as hell seeing someone just like fall into a hole is like really really on yeah. the low end of of creativity yeah. it was like they didn't know how to do the earlier ones where he tum- someone tumbled into a hole, and it was like a whole portal to hell. It was a whole thing. Yeah. And it was just—it was more than just oh, in the hole, hole closes. Into done. the hole he goes. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like that's why Spencer. Like, I can't even say he's my number two because I'm just really mad about the whole thing at the bottom I, at the end. That's valid. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I'm with you there. So now. But I really enjoyed that one. Our final segment, where we score this movies. Of course, we always do it on a percent scale. Um, of course. I'd say that for me, this was like a, you know, I'm going to go a little harsher on that. I'm going to say it's like a 78%. Not, again, this is like, obviously all movies, these are quite bad compared to like real cinema. But like, in terms of my enjoyment, I'm going to say like 78. Like it was pretty good. It had some fun parts. It had some really funny parts. Direction and sets and stuff were all good. I think the visuals were like, maybe a step up from the last one but the story definitely brings it down and I think if they had nailed the story and like made it more easy to follow and coherent this might be my favorite of the three but in the end it kind of ends up being kind of mid you are so far off the booth for that one man first of all real cinema okay what this listen I have legitimately enjoyed these movies a lot more than any of the classics or you know well not any of the classics but a lot of the older movies i'm telling you man number five seriously high up there on my favorite movies real cinema get off your high horse oh, anyway. i'm just saying like these movies are i think i kind of have to view them in like their own little category because like 
the acting's bad in all of them. Like, they all look bad. Like, they're all, like, the stories are paced pretty badly. Like, I think you just have to view them in, like, their own little category. Like, I'm not saying they're, like, yeah. not entertaining or, like, not good. But, like, I can't score, like, I can't compare them to, like, if I'm, like, hmm, how does this compare with Doctor Strange Love or something? Like, I don't know. They're just on different level. They're just different things, like, trying to do different things. I get you. I'm, I'm the same way. Interesting. Now, I'll be honest, I'm purely judging these movies just how much I enjoy them, and I've enjoyed these movies quite a lot. <laughs> uh, I'm giving this one a 74%. Okay. Um, I, it's actually much lower than my other two ratings, I believe. Not that that factored into my rating decision, but I think... Um, I just as much as I enjoyed it and I enjoyed little parts of it, I don't think I was I, I, I was a little bored during part of this one honestly. During seven and five, I, even during the worst parts of it, I, I still was captivated. I was still looking forward to the next thing. And during parts of this, I was like, if there isn't some snappy dialogue or some interesting kill soon, I I was just kind of sitting there like, I'm it's just straight up a little bored. And I think that's that that's what really took it down for me is that there were some very high highs, but a lot of it was just mediocre or was quite bad and. I, a movie's not good if you're not enjoying it and interested in it, so I, I think that definitely dragged it down a lot for me. But I definitely would watch it again. Probably, as Michaela said, I might just YouTube some of the various clips because there were just so many great one-liners yeah, that I think deserve yeah. to be replayed. But I don't know if the entire movie as a whole, unless I'm watching through all the movies again or doing something similar to what we're doing, I don't know if I'd watch the entire thing on its own. Yeah. I would, I would, I will probably look up the map scene so many times, like where he's just <laughs> unfolding and unfolding and unfolding. <laughs> that was my favorite scene. Um, okay, Tyler, you said a seventy-eight. I think so. I might revise that, but I, I'll stick with seventy-eight. I'm, I'm not gonna okay. chicken out and change it. And Grayson did a seventy-four. I'm gonna go down a little bit and do like a sixty-eight because, wow. yeah. Okay, well, here's the other thing is I watched these, I watched all of these when I was like seven or eight with my dad. <laughs> and I don't remember any of them other than like the seventh one where he gets burnt in that oven thing and like the first one. And from what I remember, the first one, I won't spoil anything, but the first ones are really good. So looking at this one, I'm like, wow. I remember why I don't remember this one. <laughs> so yeah, I'm. I I'm feel like give that's, it a sixty-eight. That's fair, and maybe like maybe Fraser, a sixty-nine. A. It well <laughs> stick with stick with a sixty-eight because it conveniently makes our average rating of this uh, seventy-three point infinitely repeating threes. So I like oh, okay, of course, okay. Of course infinitely repeating. <laughs> I like the fact that <laughs> that we get that. Um, <laughs> But thank you, Grayson, and our very special guest, Michaela, for, for joining on this wacky adventure. Um, and thank you to everyone listening to hear us continue talking about these very enjoyable and bizarre movies. Join us next time as we go back uh, after I buy the next film, probably, <laughs> or somebody sends us a weird old format copy, maybe, possibly. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street for The Dream Master. for the map. What? Yeah, well, the map says we're fucked. <laughs>